Blog Talk Radio. My name is Beverly D. And today is Sunday, August the 20th, 2017. And we have Mr. Myron Rice with us today. And uh, the information that you get from Mr. Rice, myself, the listeners, the callers, our opinions only. No one is claiming to be professional uh, tax preparers or giving out legal advice. Good evening, Mr. Rice. How are you doing this fine Sunday? Ah, oh, fine, beautiful. Can you hear me? Good. Yes, we can. Okay, good, good, good. How's our listening audience out there? I hope everyone's feeling good and had a prosperous week. And before we get started, uh, Mr. Rice, I want to give my condolence to uh, Dick Gregory family. Uh, you know, for their loss. This weekend. 
Oh, I I don't listen to news. So did Gregory pass? Yes, he did. Oh, wow, okay. A very outspoken person, <laughs> very knowledgeable, educated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, too. Well, thanks for that. How your life been this week? Anything? Uh, oh, okay. In, I'm still uh, in, in, in the battle. Still in there, still on the saddle. Okay, well, good. Now he keep riding. There's nothing wrong with keep riding. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, how are you, how are you coming along on your end? Oh well, I, I just came from a all year reunion from Chatsey, our high school, our neighborhood high school. I didn't go there, but that was a neighborhood high school, so. I went to see all my neighbors, people I grew up from kindergarten okay. all the way up. Um, I went to a, 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 a another educated school, another school outside the mm-hmm. neighborhood. But it's always good to see how the people are. And I was surprised how many people called my name, and I didn't know who they were. Okay, so, okay. That, that, that at least made me think. I, might, I must have did something for them to remember. <laughs> for them to remember. <laughs> Because I was, I was like as as always. I was the I was the twerk. I was the person who messed up the scale, the um, grade scale, and uh, the curve always was high because of what I did. So some of them had a little mm-hmm. pain. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I wanted always to get to get jumped on because of that. Well, right, anyway, right. Well, yeah. So, but it was good to see who was there, and I was bigger than it's ever been, which is really beautiful. So that means everyone okay. it got they tore the, the tore the schools tore down so they kinda have it in a playground and it was huge. It was almost full. Okay. But this week we're gonna talk about last week we was talking about uh, at least I know three ways and actually I found a fourth way to this during mm-hmm. period of debt. Um mm-hmm. someone was using uh, I just read when someone was using a UCC one um mm-hmm. and sending the the registration when you when you file it apparently the filing number uh that is filed in your state is considered to be used as a bond number that you create and you're sending it to the uh the secretary of treasurer and when you get your green card back showing he receives it you activated the bond and this bond is used to pay off debts um, it may be someone out there who knows what I'm speaking of can give us more details. I just got a one-sheet page or maybe a two-sheet page on mm-hmm. how this was done. But if anyone has an idea, I know a few people who do use a UCC-1. Back in the day, that was the way you were supposed to give it all your debt. Send them in, make a, a negotiable instrument, and you send it in to the secretary, and he was supposed to discharge your debt but it didn't look like he got used in that manner. Well, maybe now that people have a little bit more understanding, uh, it's because you don't get a reply back doesn't necessarily mean it's not activated. Okay. And and that that might be something people may want to go back on or something they did in the past with UCC1, and maybe you could still work on it, you know? Maybe you could still contact these people. Uh, for those folks, oh, uh, again. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I figured because I was going to another subject. You had something. Okay. Yeah. You say 
how do a person pay their debts off with that again? Do you file well, that with the the uh, coupon? How are they doing that? No, 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 no. That's not even necessary. It's not useful. You use. I, I guess it's basically again you go back and again the registration number or the number that you filed your UCC one in that is used as a bond number. You create mm-hmm. a negotiable instrument using that bond number. You submit that to the Secretary of Treasury, and it says when you get the green card back, you know, because you're sending it registered mm-hmm. to the Secretary, because mm-hmm. that all securities should be registered. You send it mm-hmm. to the Secretary, and when you get the, the return green card back, that proves that it's activated. It's actually activated. With that done, then they use, uh, they go to QSIP. It was a QSIP, uh, QSIP uh, website and got a QSIP number. And mm-hmm. with that, you was able to discharge your debt. Again, I didn't really look through it thoroughly. You know, I read it, and it didn't really get into detail. But if anyone's familiar mm-hmm. with this procedure, uh, you know, give us a call. You know, we'll put you on, and you can, you know, enlighten us. Because I'm Blinder. trying to enlighten them. Right. Yeah, so that's And let me give process- them the call. Yeah. And the call in number is five six three nine 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 three seven zero one push one or they could call two five three nine zero six four and push the number one. If you have okay. you know, any information. Okay, yes, please. And if you don't have Metro or T-Mobile, you may want to call the 425-390-6264. That's for those who don't have, I believe, T-Mobile and and, uh, Metro PC won't allow you to do that 563 number. So you may want to use 425-390-6264. And, of course, you press 1 to get in the queue so we can see you. And any time in, in doing our discussion, because we're very informal here, we have no, uh, nothing, nothing's carved in stone as far as this show is concerned, because we have people, if you got a question, you know, if we don't have to go back, back paddle too far on you, <laughs> you just got, we got to back paddle too far on you, like, uh, what, what is a birth certificate? Not, you know, you, you, I suggest you go to YouTube and type in the word, and then you'll get several different audio and video helping you and some of the things that you may want clarity on. Uh, YouTube has a lot of different uh, speakers that you can listen to to get you some of the early stages of authenticating birth certificates, uh, the difference between the certificate of live birth versus the birth certificate. You know, some, some folks have this problem with this short form, long form, and that doesn't really matter. What does matter is one has a birth certificate number and one do not have a birth certificate number. So those are the things I focus on, and one has a county register stamp on it at the bottom, and the other would have a state register stamp on the bottom. So those two things on your short form, long form, the whatever form you have will help, may help define what you're holding in your hand, whether it's a birth a certificate, or they call it certificate of live birth. I call it a birth record. You know, they're showing it a birth record, 
as opposed to a birth certificate. One, you are alive. No. One, you're dead. Now, on the state certificate, do it have the same registered uh, person number uh, name that was on the live birth certificate? No, no. The state would have a county register stamp on it. It would have a county. It would have the I'm sorry, the state register. It have a state register stamp, seal, you know, raised seal on the bottom, and the one on the birth record would have a county register or a city register, depending on what hospital mm-hmm. you were born. You, you were born in what what district your hospital was that you were born in. Mm-hmm. Now, both of those people with the register with the AR at the end. Both of those are are judge. They they come from the um they represent the uh probate court, is that correct? The definition of register with the ARA on the end of it is mm-hmm. probate. Um if you look mm-hmm. at the the name on your birth certificate, the last the bottom name on your birth certificate is register. You know, you have the doctor sign it, then you have the register. Well, he is an officer of probate. So your birth certificate was was in probate jurisdiction, which is something that everyone needs to really know, understand, because when they go to these various courts, and these courts are trying to come at you and take your real estate or your cars or your house or money, and they're not in probate, then they're in the wrong jurisdiction. So you can actually go to probate and get a summary judgment where they will help you contact these people and say, why are you coming after this person? Why are you, you know, trying to take money out of the probate estate? Why are you trying to remove titles, which is all they're doing, is they're trying to remove or convey the titles of the item, not the item itself. The only way the item itself the house, the car, the only way, the way they can leave your possession is you have to sign it. So that means that all these houses that you lost, if you lost a home through sheriff's sales or whatever, your great-grandkids can come back and get that house because it was never done lawfully. It was only done legally. And legal is fiction. Don't, it's not real. It's fiction. So if you lost a house, you can get the house back. And I don't care how many years it's been. You can get the house back. And all you have to do is go down to the register of deeds where your house is filed and ask for what they call a track, T-R-A-C-T. A track gives a history of what's going on or how your house from the day was built to the present date of what how the titles were and the deeds were uh, conveyed. And if it was conveyed to you, and then all of a sudden it jumped over to the county, selling it to some third party, some you know, some person is a sheriff's sale, whatever. That's not a legitimate sale. That's not real. You can go back and get the house, and uh, what you would do, and then because what they did is they conveyed the title over to this other person. Now, this is what we've been talking about. This is what I want to talk about today. When we're dealing with the trust, these folks are trying to possess the titles. You can get the title back, the lawful title, because they're dealing with number lawful. The state has a lawful title to your house. 
it has the lawful title to your car because their name is on it. All cap name is is owned by them. That's why they could tow your car. That's why they can come and uh, take can charge you taxes on your home, but you can take possession of those titles by acknowledging them and and deposit them back into your trust. And that's what we're gonna. That's what basically we'd be talking about. So if any don't, if no one have any questions so far, what we're saying, and I can move forward and talk about how to deal with this trust uh, situation and in eliminating your debts. So no one's called in or wrote anything on, on online. Am I still on, Beverly? Hello, Beverly. Yes, I'm here. Sorry about oh, that. Okay. Somebody called. Somebody called in and it bumped me off. Well, we're back on. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's I was wondering if I still, if folks still were listening. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, if no one's asking any questions, no one's in there. What we do is we're talking about trust. Now, what's the trust? And this is the trust that you were born with. And, and we, you might and have it, to repeat, wait, Mr. Rice, you might have to repeat what you said over the last five, you know, few minutes, because I don't know if they heard you. I don't know if I was just disconnected or everybody was. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> no, okay, let me go back. Well, that's okay. No. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, yeah, basically. It, it wasn't that long. That's okay. It wasn't but just a couple of minutes, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my discussion is today, and that's what today's. Uh, subject matter is about is the transfer of title, uh, achieving the lawful legal title. The state owns the legal title to your car. The state owns the legal title to your house. Um, anything that now, you do in business, there's, there's a legal title that's kept by the state because the state created the the name and the state in the first place. You're now, uh, I have a question. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now you going back to this register. Now, what, this register, uh, when we, the um, county birth certificate had one name and the state has another. So do that mean that they went into probate court twice? No. What do you mean by the, the state is the, what do you mean the state has another? You, you got one name and the state has another name. What are you talking about? I'm talking what, about I'm the register. The person, well, we were saying the register was from, was dealing with probate court. They came from probate court. And their yeah, name is on the birth certificate. Yes, they're on the last line in the birth certificate. There's a, a line, there's a square that says register. Okay, so it's the same person on both. It, it's the same person. It's it's not the same okay, person that put the seal that put the seal on it, but it's a, it's a person who signed it after the doctor signed it to say it was filed in the register. It's because it is the, the the birth record, the certificate of live birth is a an event. It's is recording an event that happened. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not registering anything. It's certified. It says, I hereby certify. This I hereby register. I hereby certify that mm-hmm. this child was born alive 
at the date stated above or something in that on along that manner, along okay. that wording. That's a witness. So he just that, witnessed that you were born alive. Yeah, but wasn't he more than a witness? Wasn't he the one that put us in probate? That wasn't he they the one that created the bond? Not not the doctor, but down at the bottom I'm not of saying it. the doctor. We're talking about the the registered, the person that yes. signed and they say registered. That's what we're talking about. Yes. He he put it in probate, yes. Okay, because that's he, what I'm trying he, to get to. Right. He he established the event happening and 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 filed it in probate. Thank you. Okay. Because probate is where it shows your birth. Probate is where it's going to show your death. And in okay. both the case, both cases is registering an estate. See, and I, I really yes. want y'all to understand this. It's registered. You were born in an estate. And you die as an estate. So if you exercise that estate and be the executor of it, uh, and the beneficiary or whatever title that makes you the creditor, then you have a trustee that has to pay all your debt when you tell him. He has to do, or she would have to do what you tell him to do. What you don't understand is who your trustee is. Yeah, and I just wanted people to make that connection to understand what that register mean and what it did when he signed that your birth certificate. Yes. All your assets and everything is in probate court, but they're trying to transfer it to these private corporations because all these courts that you, all these courts that you're going in that they're they're giving you summons and complaints. These are private, profitable corporations who are trying to take control of your title. But at the same time, the CFO or the people who take the oath of office, the judge, the chief judge, all of these people in the court are your trustees as well. And your utility company, whoever sent you a bill has to be a trustee because only trustees, it tells you what to do and present bills. But what they done is they were trustees and they gave you the bill and you kept it instead of acknowledging it and give it back to them. See, they tried to make you the one to pay it. You didn't do a counterclaim, as they call it, and just sign it, agree with it, accept it, and give it back to them and say, take care of it. This to me, this trust situation is the easiest and best way to take care of all of these judges in court. Because they come out of that, when they walk out of that chamber and sit on that bench, they are a public trustee. The clerk of the, the, clerk of the court, she's got them as a trustee until you give your name and become surety. Then they switch the judge switch places where now they're the beneficiary because you walk in as a beneficiary and they become a beneficiary and you become trustee and mm-hmm. a trustee and a trust is equitable jurisdiction. That's an equitable equity. That's equity court. They yes. switch courts yes. in, right there in the court. They switch courts and you don't know. You still think yeah. you're an amorality. 
or maritime or whatever, but they switch it by making you a trustee. So they they, they switch jurisdiction right there in the court when you yep. gave that name. Now we have a couple of callers, uh, Mr. Rice. They probably want to ask you about this. Uh, okay. On. Five seven zero four six eight. Hello. Yes, we hey, can hello. hear you. Good evening. Five. How are you? How are you doing tonight? Hello. Okay. Very good. 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 And Mr. Rice. Excellent. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, I just wanted to say that I've been going through a lot of problems myself with my financials, and speaking this show. Uh, was pointed out to me by a friend And in the meantime The longer I've been listening to it I just want to say God bless you God right. bless you oh, for having you. the show And well, you on top of that You know for you hosting this forum I want to say God bless Blog Talk Radio well, thank you yeah, we, we just, we're just trying to point out who you are We're just trying to point out who you are And who they are That's all Once you know who they you. are and who, and who I am Excuse me, Your Honor. I'm 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 on the beneficiary. You the you the bankrupt trustee, sir. That is true. And even though they have a job to do, I mean, it's a job that needs to be God blessed. So God bless the job. And I also want to say that the way we're speaking right now over the phone, you know, and mm-hmm. and I'm speaking on my cordless telephone right now. I want to mm-hmm. say whoever mm-hmm. invented the cordless telephone, God bless the cordless telephone. <laughs> and yeah. I also want to say that. Because we're over the radio right now I believe mm-hmm. it was an Italian gentleman But he should be God bless So God bless the, the radio For it being okay, able to God. host this forum Where we everybody. can speak about Okay. And I yeah, also want to say That if we could do this tonight We can God bless all of our blessings uh, Thank you sir I also want to say you have That if we have a chance question? to talk about this Yes I want to God, I, want, I have a question I have yes, a question go ahead. Okay my question is well before my question before my question goes I want to say that I want to god bless the fact that probably you your co-host and myself are all sitting in chairs right now so god bless whoever invented a chair because if not okay. we well, have to why be don't standing we just the say entire god time god bless everybody we 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 got only so many <laughs> minutes here so can we just gonna yes. say God bless everybody, everything, and let's get. Well, to did the I point. forget? Did I, I? What? I don't know about your show or your cause or your purpose, but are we mm-hmm. God blessing your sponsors and your fundraising? Because without okay. that, this forum isn't popular. So that's what I'm saying. We should be. We should. God bless those who make us fortunate for what the purpose is and the cause is that we want to do. Okay, well okay. right now God has well, a God has me. a message. That's me. God has a God has a message to to give. So could you ask your question so we can put I have a message to give folks that God gave me and I need to put this message out. So I need you well, to my question depends, take your question. My, my question depends on how old are you ladies? Oh, come on now. No, it's an inappropriate thing to ask. Are you on here playing? Because we don't have time for all that. Do, do you no, no, really no. have a question? Yes, I'm not nobody telling their age. Come on now. Come okay. on. Can we get okay. your question? All right. Well, it's not for you who just spoke. It was for the one who asked me about my age. Your voice sounds sexy. Would you suck on my cock all night long? Your mom, Blow me your mom and make will. me God your bless you. Will. 
Your mama oh. will. All right. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. One, two, three, eight, eight. He can't handle the truth. It hurts. Six, one, two, three, eight, eight. Six one two three eight eight. Okay. Go ahead. All right. They can't handle it. They can't handle it. Oh my gosh. Oh, and and people, the ones who are listening in, and we we have to understand that the enemy is always at the gate. The enemy and will always be at the gate. You know, you're getting close. You know, yeah, yeah. They will be that, and that that is the sign. This, these are the signs that we are getting close, and they're trying <laughs> to block the message that's given, mm-hmm. that's being given uh, to you all. So uh, I, we I, we apologize for this for that call because we know this is open forum. We don't monitor anyone, which is great. He only proved we we don't monitor folks. Anyone can come on with any conversation, but we we like to get to the subject matter of how to get financially stable, to eliminate our debt. These are not even <laughs> our debt. These are not our debts. But, okay, back to subject matter is trust. How to use the trust to be able to give these trustees, which is the judges or anyone who gives you a bill, has to be a trustee to do that. But what's happening and what you must understand that these trustees are wearing two hats. They're moonlighting as CEOs and CFOs of private, profitable corporations. But their first task, because they took an oath of office on the Constitution, these folks who took an oath of office on the Constitution first, that's the first thing they took an oath on, so that's their first main job. So being the CFO to a, a, a third-party profitable corporation is a moonlighting that they're doing. They're moonlighting with a second job. Like police officers, I know a few of you know where they police officers doing the daytime, but at night they're security guards at some club. They're moonlighting doing another job. They're wearing another hat. But their priority is their, their job as a police officer. That's their point. That's their number one job. Their number one job is trustees, and they were assigned this position the same day you were born. And when the state was created, the state was created when you were born. And if you look under, again, the IRS manual, and now we know the IRS is like God in this world. You know, nobody messes with the IRS uh, under 21 Point seven, point thirteen, point three, point two, point two. Number two is infant, a decedent of an estate, a decedent of an estate, meaning that something that was came out of your mom's body, pulsing. Your twin came out pulsing in a, as an umbilical cord, a placenta, the sac that you were in when you was inside her. And it, it eventually it died, but it became a, an estate. This is what was scooped up, put in an envelope, and later on made into a birth certificate. But the mom and father went home with the child, not the infant, with the child. And that's why your birth record, particular library, said, I uh, so hereby certify that this child 
was born alive. So the child was born alive. But the infant is a decedent of an estate. It is a grantor of a trust, an instrumentality. I'm trying to show you from the day you were born, there were two separate DNA entities that came out of your mama, the child and the infant. And this is why we have to continue separating ourselves because what they do through the time that you were a child going to school is they uh, merged the two together. On, on the first day of school when they took roll call and they called the name of the infant, the child answered it saying, me, here, I'm here. The child answered it. So all through our education, even college, first day of school, roll call is done, the child and an infant are merged together. So you start seeing yourself, when everyone calls that name out, when everyone gives you a bill, or when they summons you into court, that you automatically thinking you are the infant. But you are the child. And that child is the grantor of the estate. You, at 18, you become the executor, the grantor of the estate which is the infant. So you control the infant. The child is now controlling the infant, not the other way around. They always got the infant controlling the child. That's why you all have so many problems. You wouldn't have problems if you quit thinking infant controlling the child. So if the child saying, I am the grantor, I'm separating myself, and you could do that if if you like to do it. Do it on paperwork so they will they will understand that there's a, a a difference between a child and an infant by authenticating the birth certificate, uh, authenticating your birth record, and getting an uh, um, authentication and a register of your assumed name certificate. There's another certificate now that we're dealing with the assumed name certificate. Another certificate. Mm-hmm that we have possession of, that we have to have control over. Remember, own nothing, control everything. How are we controlling it? By putting an affidavit, acknowledging it, and then registering it to ourselves. Acknowledge it, uh, sign it, uh, uh, notarize it, authenticate it, and then register it to yourself. Because we're private. We don't have to send it down to the Register of Deeds. We don't have to give it to the uh, the state. We're private. We have, we're creating our own office, and this office is foreign because when you go and authenticate, the first question that the clerk asks you is what country, and you better say a country outside the Hague because the Hague belongs to the United States and all its members and lynchments and, and memberships. So you name it a country that's outside the Hague, and then you'll get authentication. If you don't do that, then they will give you something called an apostille. So look at your paperwork. When you get it back from the clerk at the Secretary of State office, look at it. Make sure it don't say apostille on there. But it will say authenticated. That means you are now foreign. You could relate to a foreign country. So being foreign. Being that we control this estate, and as we deal with these trustees, 
if there's an item and you're not sure or, or they give you, you go to court, you get a ticket, you go to court, a child support issue or a bill that's tremendous, uh, student loan, whatever, then you have to acknowledge it, accept it. What it say in the Bible? Accept it. Agree with your enemy. You have to agree with your enemy. Otherwise, he's going to get the people, the henchmen, to come grab you and throw you in jail. As long as you agree with as long as you don't argue, they won't be able to charge you or come after you. So you have to acknowledge it. You have to agree with it. You have to write it all down in an affidavit form because an affidavit that's unrebuttal is considered law. If no one rebuts the affidavit, once you send it off and give it to them, copies of it, if no one rebuttals it, it becomes law. And it's your law because you wrote it. So with an affidavit, like I did for my vehicle, I created a certificate of title. They have a certificate of title that they gave me when they got the car, when I received the car. They gave me that, I call it a lease agreement. A certificate is just nothing more than a lease agreement. I leased my car. Your house has a certificate. They may call it a warranty deed. It's just a certificate. You lease in your house because the state still owns it. But the fact that they let you have possession of it, and possession is nine-tenths of the law, the other tenth is control. So you're possessing it. Now you want to switch it over to control, so you want to register it to yourself. And now you have control. And for those folks who I don't know, last week you didn't know, uh, I just, Friday was my third my uh, third uh, notice, public notice. If you go into Google and type in Detroit Legal News, so I don't care what part of the world you're in, go to Google, type in Detroit Legal News. And then you're going to get some websites. You go down to Legal News Public Notice. You click on public notice. Now, once you get into the public notice, there's a search bar there. Type in Rice, R-I-C-E, comma, M-Y-R-O-N, Charles, C-H-A-R-L-E-S, Rice, comma, Myron Charles. And it's going to show my name is going to be underlined. Click on the underline, the name that has underlined, and you will see the article that I published, um, and it, it started August the 4th. Some of you might see back in 2007, apparently someone put a lien when they foreclosed on my home on me. So I'm like, ooh, I didn't even know that, but I, didn't, I wasn't familiar with what I know now. So we'll we're, we're straighten that all out later. Right now, you can see what I have put in the newspaper. So set use that as a goal. That's what you need to do. Register your certificate of live birth. Register and authenticate your birth certificate. Register and authenticate your assumed name. And then file, and I filed an international, for you can get an international stamp to put on your non-UCC in the upper right-hand corner. You can put a stamp in there. Uh, an international stamp costs, uh, what, $1.15? Cents? I believe Michigan is $1.15. Cents. It might be someone different. But it's a nice round stamp that you could put on there to make it international. After all, we are foreign. So we might as well throw that international stamp. So I have an international registered international non-UCC, which is not 
recorded in the state. So it is not a state document. It's not a public document. It's a private document on the Republic side. And Article 9 and the UCC talks about, you know, non-UCCs and what they are. So if you want to get more clarity on the on the internet on the fiat money, because the UCC was created when the money became when they created the fiat money in 1913, they had to make rules for the fiat money. These this credit that we work with every single day that we receive every single day, someone had to write rules and laws on it. That's what the UCC is about. And it started 1913 is when they really came out with the fiat money. So. Anyway, well, we just when I when I want you to understand again, it's getting back to every debt belongs to the United States. You don't have any obligations, and because back in 1933, uh, May the first, Executive Order 6102, Executive Order 6102 demanded that everyone's turning their their goal. May the first of 1933. Or they would get ten. If they don't, they would get ten years in jail and ten thousand dollar fine, or both. So it wasn't really an option. So when they took the people gold and silver, and we know under the Article One, Section Ten of the U.S. Constitution, payments, payment. Now the word payment can only be done with gold and silver. So it's funny how your coupons above the line and say make payment. It's got that same word, payment. Payment can only be made with gold and silver. We don't have gold and silver. But I don't God, but, I don't have the statutes at large which says your signature or your autograph is gold. So what they did, Mr. Rice, is that they took the gold and they and silver and they use us, our body, our signature in its place. To access the gold, yes. So we could discharge all of our debts. We could discharge our debts with our signature. We so they that's use how you us as collateral. Well, the gold and silver was backing uh, they fiat. And, but they took the gold and silver, gave us the fiat, and they got they have us backing it because they're using us as collateral. Is that how they're doing it? I see, yes. All of that is explained under 12 U.S.C. 412. Go to 12, okay. Title 12, U.S.C. United States Code 412. 411, everyone's familiar with 411, talk about Federal Reserve notes. It's, it's not real money. It's, it's an IOU. Right. It's not money. Right. But 412, go to the next one, 12 USC 412, and it talk about when they want, if they want money, if they want Federal Reserve notes, they have to fill out an application, collateral required. And the collateral mm-hmm. is notes and bill of exchanges and anything that has your signature on it is collateral. Like you said, so they use us for collateral against mm-hmm. the gold and silver that they took. Right. So right there tells you you can never be a borrower. They need you as a creditor for them to even get Federal Reserve notes in their hands. The banks can't get money unless you sign for it. They are broke. They're broke than you are. You are worth gold and silver. They ain't worth boo-boo. They don't, they're not worth anything. Until you sign it. 
Right. At least we have a signature. Yeah. They don't have that. They can't get no money. It's against the law for them to have money. There was a guy named Todd Walker who had an affidavit uh, explaining how money is is created using and you look at money management or money mechan money management mechanics I believe it is in Chicago, a Federal Reserve Bank talks about how money is created from nothing. There's a case called the uh, oh wow the Credit River decision Credit River decision where a lawyer who was owing oh five hundred half a million dollars, $500 million on his house, whatever, quit paying, and they took him to court. The, the, the bank took him to court, and he brought out the CFO of the bank and had him ask questions. And that CFO on the court stand said that the bank creates money from nothing, from nothing. Mm-hmm. It's called the credit, just type in credit river decision. And what's so funny about it, is that I think it was like three, five judges that was on that was sitting listening, and I guess the the, the banks and creditors and you know all the bankers and all that heard this banker reveal their secret and mm-hmm. knew what the decisions of the judges were going to be. And one judge went fishing. It was a uh, they took a break. One judge went fishing and he got killed while he was yeah. fishing on the oh farm. Wow. He I got see. killed. He got killed, and I guess they thought that him getting killed would make the other ones decide to go with the bank and not with the attorney. But the the judges say, "Oh hell no, you don't come kill you. Don't, you think you can kill one of us?" And boom, that. But we, it, it's a very interesting story. Credit River decision, very interesting case. Lot was stole, lot was mentioned, and of course, is always hidden. Just like in Michigan Supreme Court, we are the ones, Michigan Supreme Court here in my home state is the one that uh, 31 U.S.C., um, 31 U.S.C. uh, 746 at the time was the exempt from taxation. Ignore the state. Anything on the state level or anything below the state level is exempt. The people are exempt from taxation. And Michigan Supreme Court made that decision. This is the law of the land. Yes, everyone is exempt from taxation. Now, they couldn't sit there and change the law. 31 is positive law. Title 31 is positive law. That cannot change. But they moved it. They moved it from 746, and they put it somewhere at 3124. So if you look at Title 31, UFC mm-hmm. 3124, it's got the same name. But they did change a few of the wordings, but look at 746 if it makes reference to it under, and I like Cornell University, gives a, like sometimes give you a little history of what's going on. But this was a, a Michigan Supreme Court that made the decision that through the whole country, everyone is exempt from taxation. Even if something is Federal Reserve notes, or some obligations is used to compute a tax. Compute a tax. It says that if these notes are used to compute a tax, then you're still exempt from paying it. And what what do we use at the beginning of the year? And anyone who has a house, 
What did you get from the assessor's office? A computation of how much taxes you're going to pay in August and December. Right. Uh, they call it assessment. You get assessment. Yeah. Now, we walk in there and argue the assessment because all of the houses in our neighborhoods are abandoned and they won't cut the grass mm-hmm. across the street. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're trying to get a lesser. That's not the argument. So the argument you should be going in there and saying, it's against the law for me to pay taxes. But when I went in there and tried to argue it, they didn't even notice. They didn't want to recognize that law. All they want to say is the assessment was true. It was good. It was good. It was assessed good. They didn't even recognize the law. So I knew that I was in the wrong. Those people that was in there had no, no idea what I was talking about, and they weren't going to deviate from whatever their plans are. That's something right. you had to take to the you had to take to the federal level. If you was, if I had appealed to federal, federal have to recognize that the state may not want to recognize because remember that's money in their pockets. Yeah, they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot. But it states in that law, read it. State and intermunicipality do are exempt from paying taxes. Why would you pay taxes on somebody else's debt? Now, who else, who's the somebody else that I'm talking about? Look at 18 U.S.C. 8. 18 U.S.C. 8. Obligations and securities of the United States defined. They're the United States obligations and security. It had nothing to do with you. And that's the definition. Now, there's some laws out there that's great, but come on. A definition can't be argued with. You can't argue with a definition. So 18 U.S.C. 8 should be in your head all the time. I wrote it down like a, a grocery list. And when I get something, I put a check. Which one is it? Is it a, a, a bill? Is it a coupon? Is it something with a stamp that's been canceled? Oh, it's got a 20, it's what, 20? There's 21 different items on that list. When you read it, because it's in a sentence format, but I wrote it out like a grocery list so I could see each and every one of them and put a line in front so I could check it off like you do when you're going grocery shopping. 18 U.S.C. 8, obligations and securities of the United States defined, defined, not law, not statutes, defined. And 18, Title 18, again, Another positive law, just like 31 is a positive law. That means it's gone through courts and decisions from judges, and it is the, almost the word of God from the man, from from mankind. Mankind. Positive laws are like the word of God for them. That's their word. No one can argue it, but you got to be in the right place to argue it. Not down there at the assessor's office, but maybe you need to take it outside the state because it's the state that's charging you. The county works mm-hmm. for the state. It's a municipality. Read that 3124. Yeah. USC 3124. 31 USC 3124. Exempt from taxation. That wasn't there for the hell of it. And if you read the second part, it talks about the federal, paying federal. And it says in there three times, evidence of ownership, evidence of ownership. It's like three or four times it's written in there, evidence of ownership. That means 
that you need to have a check from the federal government. That's the evidence of their ownership. They gave you a check. It says federal on it. Only federal employees are supposed to be filing taxes. The rest of us are, are states. We're supposed to be getting paid, not coming out of our pockets. But you got these accountants and these tax people who's filing the wrong tax form, so you're paying taxes. You need to get them for fraud. Whole nother subject. Your tax man is committing fraud by making you file a 1040. That's an individual tax form. Only personal, personal individuals pay taxes, not businesses. Oh, I pay taxes on my business. Yeah, because you still following the ten down forty. That's why. <laughs> so you should still be filing a ten forty one. You in the state? Or mm-hmm. I, I know ten. Or I know GM forty. GM forty Chrysler. You what tax woman they filing? I know they ain't filing a ten forty. What are the what are, again? We don't have to reinvent a wheel here. We could just look and see what the big companies, GM, Ford, Chrysler, they never pay taxes. They get big refunds, and they try to get more of a refund in the following year. Otherwise, they consider themselves losing money. Oh, this year I got 100000 Next year I want 200000 Year after that I want 300000 But then that year come back and you only made 100 when you were trying to get 400 Then you lost something, but you still didn't pay nothing out. You still got a refund. You just didn't get as big a refund as you did the year before. That's all. Look at their. I look at their tax. They look at their tax forms. But pretend you are an investor, and you're going to walk in and ask, "What? I need information so I can invest in your company." That means they don't have to give you the tax forms that they filled out. Now you can get the EIN number, CFO. You get all that information. Pretend you are. I was a day trader, and so I had and I had a tech, a stock club. So we was dealing with stocks all the time, and we never had problems figuring out what their income was and what their taxes they got back. That's how we decide on whether we want to purchase it or not. So they have to make it available. Otherwise, we wouldn't purchase it. If we can't get no information, how do you expect us to pay and buy your stock? Because they're all on the market. So that means that information that they're telling you they don't want to give you, you ask for the EI, I don't want to give Well, tell them, I'm going to call, go to, uh, there's a section, oh, my God, I can't think of the name, um, public relations, I think it is, where you can call them, hook up, can you hook me up to public relations? I, I need to get some information on your income so I can purchase stocks. I, I need to know what your history uh, has been, financial history is. I believe public relations will give you that information. I'm, I'm just saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. We got to, you know, see it, see see things in our head. What do you want? There's a pot of gold on the other side of this fence. You better figure out how to get to it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you got to go under it, dig a tunnel, uh, get a plane and fly over it, go run on both sides, get you a Mack truck. I don't care, but you got to see how to get over the wall. They are putting the walls. They don't want you to take this money from them. I got these people, you know, they want to say, oh, well, we're good we're good folks, and, and all we're doing what the law says. It, it doesn't matter what the law says. If you are hurting their pocketbooks, you are getting, you're stopping them for making money and going on all these vacations. Are you hurting how these CFOs, oh, man, they get bonuses that, that, that's incredible. 
Right. And you wonder where they get all the millions of dollars from. From you. Mm-hmm. From us. But them CFOs get punched. Oh, they get packages. It's ridiculous. Flight. They get flights, them airplane fares, free condos. Some of them people own islands. They own an island. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely didn't get it because they worked hard. They didn't work nothing. Mm-hmm. People they who make money. Your, they tapped into our account. Yes. And you might want to listen to Richard Kawasaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He explains the four quadrants that you're in. You got people who are self-employed. You got employees and self-employed folks. Those are the folks where they have to work for their money. Employees have to work for their money and uh, self-employed. So I'm a plumber. I'm a pipe fitter. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. If I don't work, I don't make money. So you have to work for your money. The other two quadrants is uh, a business owner and investor. A business owner and investor. That is where your money works for you. As a business owner, and some of the things that we can do to be a business owner, is own real estate and have tenants. Have a manager who gets 15% off the rent. Whatever the rent is, the manager gets 15%. That's what I did. That was a incentive. She didn't have nobody living in that place and ain't paying no rent. You, I can guarantee you that. You're getting the hell out of Dodge. My rent depends on me collecting. You can't lay in this house and think you're not paying no rent. And believe me, she she was, we, we went on these four cruises. <laughs> this woman, and I'm like, Where the, who's paying for this? Your tenants. I felt like a CEO. Oh, my God. Thank you, did it. You, you was. <laughs> I, I was on the first cruise that Tom Joyner had. That's the first cruise where all black people on the boat, ran the boat. White folks at our feet. Oh, my God, if you only know how that felt. Can I help you, sir? But I, I was personally a little scared. All these black people mm-hmm. on this huge boat, you know, at night, I'm looking out on the side of the water. I was expecting to see a torpedo come and blow us up. I really was. I was scared as hell. I was uh, you didn't have to worry about it. that. Y'all hey. was spending too much money. You didn't have hey, to worry about it. Yeah. But all these black folks, Tom Jordan did a job. He That was the first cruise that anyone had, all black folks, I mean, uh, and had all these millionaires, all these people talking about investing in this, investing in that. Oh, it was nice. There were seminars on there. Oh my God! But let let me let's, let's not go back. <laughs> I'll just say, it. oh brother. But I, I, it, 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 I was a CFO that I didn't pay for it. Man, we had a balcony. Oh my God, we was out there. I'm like, what? And how much this cost? Oh my mm-hmm. six thousand. Six thousand. <laughs> you know what, how much it cost if I was down on the galley? Next to the galley, you know. That's how we are. We just can't believe we spend that much money. Wait a minute. We could have went, uh, not not first class, but we could sit back in, in the back of the play. Well, you know what I'm just saying. But anyhow, we have to understand we are the creditors here. They took our gold and silver. We are the creditors. The IMF call us unknown creditors. They don't even know. The inner IMF, International Monetary Fund, 
those are the bankers, excuse me, those are the bankers, International Monetary Fund. They are the ones that got us down as unknown creditors. They don't even know who you are. That's why it's so important we start doing power with a doable power attorney, a 5188, a uh, uh, 5444. These are uh, treasury forms. Give them to the uh, um they need not only give them to the Treasury, we also need to give them to the Attorney General, because the Attorney General, the U.S. Attorney General, is the governor of the IMF. That's the governor of the IMF. So we need to give this this who we are. Go to go to that uh, that public notice that I just told you to, to look at look up and, and do all of that. And then send all I'd be sending all that stuff to them. I'm gonna send all of that to them. I'm gonna, I, I, I I only I hesitate a little bit because of the fact that when this is done, it's more likely they're gonna pull me to the side and have me sign some letter in the confidentiality, and y'all won't be hearing me anymore. Uh, I'm just trying to leave the breadcrumbs for you right now, people. I'm trying but to leave so you the breadcrumbs. It's so many that people that's at the door, and so I think that they're getting uh, a bum rush here. Well, you know how you had that door block and then when the people just end up knocking that door down. Which makes it nice. The more people that start doing the less chance of anyone getting busted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, they. A, 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 it's funny how only our black people are the only ones that have one liberal or one man, you know, uh, uh, um, the guy who just died. Oh, I can't think. Oh, my name is blank right now. But Martin Luther King and all these folks that, mm-hmm. what, you know, when they assassinate them or get rid of these people, Marcus Garvey and uh, right. uh, Muhammad Ali. I mean, not Muhammad Ali. Uh, um, what's the, what's the, oh, the Muslim guy, uh, my name, who, who stepped out of Muslim. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm X. Malcolm, Malcolm X. X, right. Malcolm X, right. You know, mm-hmm. when we get one leader and they get rid of him, then all of a sudden uh, everything loses. Everything my Lucy King did with uh, with the uh, civil rights is almost in reverse. Civil rights was give a man gave it to us, and man, what what man gives, man could take it away. You know. But see, we gotta we gotta understand how the universe operates, and the universe operates circular. And so that's where we have to set up our things circular. You know, that's like you have, the, it's not one person, it's that group, and it's a group within a group. That's how they're doing it. So if you knock off one person, you're not going to stop anything because you've got that circle within a circle. Within, that's the, the form of the universe. Yeah. I, I call it the hydra. You know, when you cut off one hydra head, you get four more pops up. Mhm. Yeah. And this is this is how we have to operate. One person goes, there ought to be four or five people to step in that step in that slot. That's right. When the, when the Mexicans and stuff were protesting in the United States, and they kept saying, well, "Who's your leader?" They said, "Look out there, we are leaders." They couldn't, that's they, right. they couldn't shut it down. They, that's what they said. We all leaders. Look, look, look behind me. Look behind me. Everyone back mm-hmm. here is a leader. Mm-hmm. There's no one person that you can focus on. That's I mean, true. we have to, but not us. We always want somebody else. I, I just say that happened in Detroit. I mean, we were when when Mark, when Coleman uh, uh, Young came in, and when he was the hot head, his mouth—you couldn't stop his mouth for saying mm-hmm. and did what he wanted to do. And nobody, white, black—it didn't matter. Would not go in front of him. We could could not. 
you know, get to him. He still did what he wanted to do to bring the city up, and he did all. There were so many black men who didn't have nothing that was owning all this property and businesses yeah. and all this. But the problem is that he got old. Come yeah. young, get old. With all these black guys are still making profit. Nobody's stepping up to the plate to help the brothers behind them because he helped them. So when he got to see now, where this, where they were, they start using him. You know, it, it's ridiculous. One man can't be in control all the time. He gets older. Other folks should have been stepping up. All these other businessmen who came in who, uh, that prosper in Detroit. Um, all the millionaires he made. He made a lot of black he, millionaires. He made a lot of black millionaires here in Detroit. It was a city everyone was really proud to be in. And, I mean, they had gangs. He cut them gangs out. Yeah. He shut them down. But just to show you how the news media portrayed a whole different picture, which they do. That's part of their propaganda. But they didn't talk oh, about yeah. that, how the blacks was prosper. And during that time, we had the most people own more real estate, own more homes than anywhere in the country. Yes. And our homes were not even a third the cost of what <clears throat> I had an ex-wife whose mom was in California. I swear her house looked yeah. like my garage. Her house looked like yeah. my garage. Yeah. My garage yeah, was bigger than her yeah. house. Yeah. And she was paying a half a million dollars for that sucker. Yeah. We don't really know how much our rent is. So I was talking about getting rent somewhere. What was that? And they talking about $1,500 a month. And they like, well, shoot, I'm just paying 700 And, you know, well, $1,500, oh, man, I'm sure. that house better talk to me. I ain't paying that much rent. <laughs> But I'm just saying Detroit is probably one of the lowest places in the city to live and still have a nice piece of property. It really is. Yeah. But, see, we're under different leadership here. Although when we, I went downtown last week, we had that uh, jazz fest, some festival, and, oh, man, Detroit, I haven't been down there in a long time. It is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. really changed. Mm-hmm. But it's, been, mm-hmm. it's restricted in a certain area. It needs to go out. But we, we're talking about Detroit. We're probably talking about trust. Again, folks, sorry right. about that. <laughs> Sometimes you get you get to wonder what's going on. But with the trust, you are letting, and you don't have to write, write on the coupon. You don't have to do none of that stuff. You just have to accept it. Accept okay. it. And then and then make a special it. deposit inside the trust. So if you write the affidavit with state acknowledgement and Special deposit in trust. That's what you'll be writing. Acknowledgement and special uh, affidavit of acknowledgement and special deposit in trust. I mean, I'm just throwing a title out there for you. Write what you want. But that's something you may want to consider. And you're just acknowledging what's on the, the ticket or what's on the bill. You're just acknowledging everything. This is the bill, the account number. This is the how much it is. This is... All of this is to put it and deposit it back into the trust. In other words, you're creating another certificate of title for that item. You're creating your own certificate of title. And it's an affidavit, which means that if no one's going to argue it, then what are they going to argue? Because you're just writing the same thing that's already on the first title. 
<laughs> you know, it's, it's not you putting you're not putting anything that is not real. You're just writing down exactly what you got off of your house, your birth certificate, your car, your bill. You're just acknowledging it and writing it down. But you're creating your own certificate title and you're depositing back into your trust. Now, when you do that, then you write a letter to the trustee, you show him the deposit that is in the trust, and you say, Your Honor, I am the executor of this estate, and I need you as a trustee to discharge this debt. And after you discharge it, settle the debt, dismiss it, whatever, any excess, excess of money, then please deposit that money in this, uh, to, in this either TDA account or create a bank account. Uh, EIN number that you want you that you want them to put the excessive money that was created. Now it'll be too big, and I'm letting you know the funds that's coming from the what they're investing in the market cannot go into a commercial banking account. No, no, no. You're gonna need to create a treasury direct. I don't know. Someone told me that. Uh, what's that term? A uh, legacy. Account has been mm-hmm. shut down. There's mm-hmm. a more legacy account. Mm-hmm. Is there? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but there's as a legacy a, uh, as a treasury direct there as well. But it used to be. Is they still have it? I don't know. Someone told me they shut the legacy down. But yeah, you go yeah, they did. A TDA. Now this is a nice mm-hmm. part about it. You can open up a TDA uh, uh, treasury direct account, or again. I have registered everything. You're going to register. When you register it, the nine digits in between the two letters in the front and two letters in the back can be used as an account number at the treasury. So you could tell them to create an account number using those nine digits because they're unique and make them open up an account at the treasury direct and notify you that there's an account there and that you're going to want to get a credit card on that account. So you can access the funds. Are you hearing me, people? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of excessive money. Because I'm telling you something. Well, you have to understand this. And, I, and when you do, let's say they put you in jail. You They, they stopped you and put you in jail. There's a $300 bond that someone paid to get you out. That $300 bond is 10% of a $3,000 loan, a bond that was created. And, and all you're going right. to pay 10%. That ten percent, right. that three hundred, that three thousand dollar bond is part of a three hundred thousand dollar bond that's at the federal, at the county level. See, one was the the, the three thousand was at the court. There's the county got ten percent of that, so there's a three hundred. And then when it gets to the state, it becomes almost three million dollars. You know, three hundred million or whatever. You you see how all this ten percent is growing as it gets higher and higher up. All from your little bitty three hundred dollars, right? Your ten percent. Wow. The, the 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 court got three thousand. The county got three hundred thousand uh, or thirty thousand maybe, and then the state gets three hundred thousand. It, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and then and, and the federal gets there too. And then, I mean, it's all, all of this is intertwined. Look at the banks, how they get 90% of whatever that you put in there. Yes. Or a transaction. They get 90%. Yes. I mean, all of this is just, I mean, it's, it's just amazing how they're doing this. 
Yeah, and they call they call those funds advancement. The principal of the ninety percent is put in an escrow account. Your name on that escrow account, they cannot touch it because your name is on it. That's why we do the OIDs and the ten ninety nine A's on it. Cause that's how you want to close that escrow account. Because remember, they're using even they got ninety percent, but they still using that principal as collateral, like you use if you get an OID funds. They still use it as collateral. So my my phone is blinking. Let me plug it up. And if you have any questions, you can call in at five six three nine nine three seven zero one and push one. And we're not having any nonsense. So if you really have a serious question or a comment about what Mr. Rice is talking about, you can call in. Yes. Any rebuttals, please. I am not that sensitive. I love criticism. <laughs> we and we we have to start with the ABCs of what my knowledge is. How did I come up with this? Then I give you my ABCs and tell you, well, let's start here and move our way up. Let's read this law and go to that law because you see, I'm giving you what I'm doing. I'm I'm giving you laws. I'm backing up what I'm saying. You for you to read, understand how exactly. I understood it. I'm not making these exactly. up. These are United States codes and code of federal regulations and statutes at large. And I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. Now, when we uh, when we write when we correspond with these people or these agencies or these entities, however you want to phrase it, should we always uh, have our name and after that we put it? State because we're going to be dealing totally as an estate of trust. We're not dealing as an individual anymore. Uh, I, every time I use all cap name, I put parentheses around it and put the word estate after it. If it's on an envelope, okay. I'll put a red, I'll put a comma and write in red estate. Or if they send me a letter, and they got just my name on there, comma, and a state. Make sure they understand who you are because they forgot. I mean, they know it. And believe me, they already know it. Your employee knows that you have an estate when they give out that W-2. That W-2 is telling that I took this amount of money out of this man's salary out of his estate. But they don't put that word estate on there. They got employer, employee. OID got payer and payee, but but if you look at publication 1212, IRS publication 1212, page 7, they call you the owner. They call you the owner. They took money from the owner. Yeah, thank you. I didn't, uh, thank you, God. Put that in my head. Publication 1212, page 7, set first column, nominee. IRS, this is the IRS publication that I ain't making this up because IRS really don't have any laws. They just give employees publications. Everything's in the publication. Uh, publication 1212 there with OIDs. Look at page 7. Look under nominee. They get an OID. They're the holder of the debt instrument, and you receive the 1099 OID with your I-N-T-I-N number, that's your taxpayer number, and somebody else's funds. 
someone else's funds. That means someone else is the payer, and they are the recipient. They got money from someone, and they are a recipient. Now, the second part says you are to file another 1099 OID where you tell the owner who they are and make them the recipient, and you, the nominee, are the pair. And I don't know why they didn't put owner in the first half of this first part of the section, but they should put owner in the second. I guess they figured nobody's going to read down that far. But still, right. publication 1212, page 7, says you are the owner. That means they took money out of your birth certificate bond, and you are the owner. Again, creditor. So why are you acting like a debtor? If you have turned that, because see, what they didn't put in 1212, they said that they received the OID, and then they have to fill out another OID, what they didn't put in there. And this is like an English class, which I used to hate, where poetry and, and books, you got to read between the lines. Someone write a poem, you got to read between. Don't just listen to the words. You got to see what was the emotion of the of the artist at the time he wrote it and all this other stuff. Between mm-hmm. the lines that they don't talk about, that they took money out of your account, and they have to let you know because they're your nominee. They work for you. So they have to inform you, I took this money out of your bond. That's what your coupon is. It's, it's they're acknowledging that they took money from you, and they have it, the negative number they got in their escrow account, but they need your check back. They need to apply the credit back to them. Now, once they get the credit and, back and now to when, them. When you give it back to them and then they want to send it back to you, now what 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 is the the recourse for that? No, they they won't be able to do if they do what you what you do is that's why when you send it back to them then maybe you need to use a, a notary saying excuse me uh, mm-hmm. we we're giving you this coupon and we want to see a zero balance within ten days now they better mm-hmm. do this they better respond to that notary so that it's got a zero balance otherwise the notary could get them a, a certificate no response even if they send it back that is not the proper response they post a zero to balance. And they didn't do it. And remember, under international law, UCC, what is it, 3-603, even once a uh, uh, payment has been tendered, even if it's rejected, it is it is paid. It's a done deal. It's discharged. Even if it's refused, it's discharged. That's the international law. That's the UCC, 3-603. So they can do what they want, but again, if that if that CFO don't do it and that no receives them back and say, well, I'm going to give you a certificate of non-response because that is not the response we want, and here's a copy of the UCC one that we're going to follow your corporation on UCFO, and the trust is going to be the secure party creditor, and in box four is going to state that you damaging an occupant of the trust. No names, people. No names. The trust, you're going to create a trust, ain't going to have no name, may have some alphabet. It might be, you might want to call it, uh, I'm putting a lien on your ass trust. That's what it's named. I'm putting a lien on you, okay? That's mm-hmm. what my trust is called. Okay. 
and you have damaged an occupant of the trust, and here's the case number or the account number where you violated Section 4, Article 14, uh, uh, under 14th Amendment, Article Section 3, Section 4, where you got an oath of office as a trustee to discharge this debt. Or as a nominee, you still got the responsibility to discharge this debt. Mm. And once you've done that, then they are supposed to give you an OID. See, we're talking about how they would give you OID when they zero that debt. Now they would give you an OID. The only reason you haven't received it is because they haven't, you abandoned the funds. You didn't give them back the coupon. But 1212 says you will file another OID stating the owner, because they have to give the money back to you. And then when they say, when I say giving it back to you, they're giving it back to your estate so that you can file taxes on it. Mm-hmm. So you get so you're getting paid whatever that bill was, you're getting paid. At the end of the year you'll get it back. But in the meanwhile, you have to set it off because when they took that money out of the account, no one's put it back in. So you have to set it off to zero. That's why you have to give the original copy of the coupon and a ten forty Z and a fifty six to the treasurer. The US Treasurer. So you could set it off to zero. Now your your estate account is zero, and the nominee is going to give you your money, give you the money. Isn't that sweet? Your account is zero. The IRS will be coming at you later on saying you got a hole in your account. It's not it's not been properly balanced because the IRS is an accounting firm to to make sure that your account stays balanced. That's what they do. So if someone took funds out of it, then there's an imbalance in there. You have to put it back in, and that's what the 1040V does, is a deposit at the Treasury. But at the same time, the utility company or the nominee has got to send, they took money out, they got to give it back to you. So they're putting it with an OID and deposit it into your account, so it won't be no frivolous on that one. They gave you the OID. They gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a t- call. Okay. We we have we have another caller. Uh three ten six one two. Hey, good evening, Bev and Myron. I'm glad you guys are doing okay. Good evening. Good evening. Good uh, two quick questions. Uh, one was, do you have to file a non-UCC prior to filing a UCC? And the second question is, do you have a site with donations where I could get affidavits such as a Rule 220 and or the uh, beneficial ownership affidavit? I have, I have I, everything, I, everything I've pretty much done, I have it inscribed. I've got about 20, 25 documents inscribed. If you go to Scribe, you can probably download all that stuff I've done. I usually put it in Scribe once I, I filter it out, taking some name, my name out, and I put down first, last, and middle or something like that. But all oh, those yeah, affidavits, okay. affidavit of ownership, uh, evidence, affidavit of life that I put on my uh, birth record, uh, beneficial ownership I put on a birth certificate, ANC, all that stuff. 
But see, when I give it to Scribe, they allow me to download other people's stuff for free. So I upload what I've done so I can see what someone else done, and usually I make a better mousetrap out of it. I try to improve on it, uh, throw in some laws, anything that makes it sound a little bit easier to understand what other folks do. So that's what I do. So I, I mix okay. and match. I, I, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. I just take what I've gotten and kind of, you know, make a better mousetrap. Okay. How, how about that? Uh, you the UCC. Do you have to file the nine UCC prior, or can you just file a UCC? Well, uh, I, I personally, I don't. I have a UCC because it might be some. Again, that's another public record that's filed at the state to let them know that there's a separation between you and the straw man. You're controlling the straw man through some trust. That's how it should be okay. found where, tr- where trust is going to be the secure party creditor. Again, another publication. At the same time, you can use the UCC3, I believe, to put something in the trust as opposed to the affidavit and everything I'm talking about with that non-UCC. You may want to try, you know, you have to put the affidavit on there, create a new certificate of title, um, register it to yourself, and then give that to your trustee to tell him, okay, this is inside the trust. I'm ordering you to take care of this. Otherwise, you are in violation under equity law. Okay. All right. Did I, I appreciate that. Yeah, that clears up a lot for me. Yes, you did, sir. Okay. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Okay. Thank All you, right. guys. All right. Bye-bye. Peace and love. Yes. Now, uh, Mr. Rice, they they keep talking about equity uh, court. Or equity. Well, kind of explain what is that? Well, equity is basically like a common law. It's where the real people live. Uh, that's, okay, that's okay. where the real people live as opposed to the dead folks in admiralty and uh, um and maritime. Some of them, they say, is out on the ocean where we're on the land and because, you know, when we were born, the doctor came in, my mother docked us in with the doctor, and the water broke, and we was brought in as inventory uh, on a ship. You know, I guess they call it inventory that we have, and mm-hmm. all of that has been recorded. Uh, that inventory has been recorded at the probate court uh, of, of who we are. But equity is trust is in equity, which is to me is actually really above common law because common law is everywhere. However, uh, some folks can't really distinguish between what how common law is is, is used. But I like I like to know that judge uh, that your trust is in equity, uh, and we use equity in the in the um, stock market as, as being stock owning 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 something. Equity is where the stock is called equity. Uh, so it's actually an ownership of something. You got a piece of a cake. You own a piece of the cake, and get and you could prosper from the assets of that cake. Okay. So I mean, okay. I'm just defining. That's how I define it. It's just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It definitely beats it beats out a judge. You know, because when you deal with equity. Uh, and if they make you equity, and they and they're saying in the court that if you are the trustee and you don't pay the bill, you have to pay the consequences. Well, if mm-hmm. that happens to me, if I become the surety, then what will you do if you just keep the judge to six the surety, make him the trustee, keep him trustee? That means if you don't pay it, then you go to jail. Treason. 
Right. That's what happened. Okay. That's what's happening. I'm only doing what they do to us. They're making you. They're making you a trustee in the courtroom. And if they tell you you owe something and you don't pay it, they put you in jail till the debt is paid. But no one's supposed to be in jail. If the judge was to be the trustee, he's already got the funds to pay the debt off. Matter of fact, he gave those funds back to the treasury, saying. I took the debt, the cost of the debt, and I've already subtracted it from the funds that I received from you, and I'm I'm giving it back to you. But he's not telling the Treasury that he told you to come out of your pocket double-dipping. That's why every person, and I hate to say this, but I'll put it out here one more time, that's in jail, if they look at the statutes at large, Volume 1, page 561, and we went through Section, what, 49? Anyone in prison, write a letter to the Secretary of Treasurer about the debt, why you can't pay the debt. He, he'll, he'll talk to the judge. He'll, he's going to do some investigation. Like, excuse me, your honors, whoever you are, you told us you took the funds out of the money you gave back to us. So why is he in jail? Why is he in jail? Just write a simple letter. You know, to to it said write a letter to the Secretary of Treasury. They lied. They lied. They lied to the Secretary of Treasury, and you just busted them. Oh my God, that's serious. Mm. <laughs> you like you lied to the IRS. Let me lie to the IRS. I will be in jail. Wow. You know, and, wow. and in the letter, in, in the letter, you could tell you start off saying, "Your uh, Mr. Secretary Treasurer, I made a mistake under Federal Rule 60B, under uh, the Canon Laws 142. Mistake. I made a mistake. I made myself surety. I didn't know that by giving them my name that I was associating myself with the surety. Oh no, I am the executor of that surety. I have a UCC one on file." I have an ANC on file. I registered my, my my birth certificate. I registered my birth record. I'm everything but surety. Matter of fact, on that article I have, I want I wish I heard, I want to rename it because I I I uh, also turn in my uh also uh, when I turn it in I terminated my voters registration as well. I don't want to mm-hmm. be registered mm-hmm. as voting for the for the president of a corporation that I'm not supposed to be part of. I'm not supposed right. to be a U.S. citizen. So why right. would I keep my voting registration on record? I, I dissolve it. They gave me, they put a stamp, the supervisor put a stamp, a seal on there saying that this man has been dissolved, he's been removed. And all I do is went down there and told him I was leaving the state, going to another state, and I just want to dissolve my membership here. So that's all you had to do is tell him I'm going to another mm-hmm. state, Please dissolve it and and terminate it here in this county, and they give you a, a paper and with hopefully with a stamp on it. Request that you want a paper with a stamp, supervisor stamp on there, to make it good. But I but what I one thing I will re, uh, I wanted to put on it and I didn't uh, on the one that you see that I have now is that the heading because I know all the other articles had headings on it. My heading mm-hmm. is no longer surety. Proverbs eleven fifteen. I'm no longer surety. I think is that eleven fifteen, eleven sixteen. Eleven all a minute here. I'm no longer going to be surety. 
A man who surety for a stranger will surely suffer. Okay. And the new I gotta put the New King New King James Version. In the New King James Version, Proverbs eleven fifteen. <clears throat> man who is surety for a stranger will suffer. But he who hates being surety he who hates uh, surety, he hates being surety is secure. Again, New King James Version. The New King James Version, Proverbs eleven fifteen. Man who is surety for a stranger will suffer. People, if you're suffering, then you are playing surety. Plain and simple. You could do it in reverse. Start with I'm suffering because I'm surety instead of not being surety will keep me from suffering. Work your way on the backward side of it. Anyone who said, I got problems, I got this, I got you, ain't got nothing. 18 U.S.C. 8 says everything you got belongs to the United States. So what it means that, what does that mean? What does that tell you? That's you doing it. It's you beating yourself up. That's you beating yourself up. They're not beating you up. And scripture right here just tells you. Man who is surety for a stranger will suffer. Now let's switch it around. Suffering, you know, means that you because are surety. You are. <laughs> you are surety, yeah. But one who hates being surety is secure. Secure. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to head. I want to head myself. I want everyone realize uh, I'm no longer surety. Proverbs 11:15. New King James Version, because it doesn't word it. They use that word smart. Back when I was young, we use that word, oh, I, I smart myself, meaning I hurt myself. That was smart. Mm-hmm. So nowadays when we say smart, they they related to intelligence. But that wasn't the way it was used back when I grew up. So going back to this uh, UCC, now in, in your package that you registered to yourself, you need to have the UCC one in there or the non-UCC. I know one is public and one is private. Yes, the UCC uh, none. You don't be putting the UCC one. That's one. A UCC one is filed at the state level. You cannot file a non-UCC. They won't accept a non-UCC. Okay. So okay. how so how are we gonna record it in the public? Well, we're gonna authenticate it. We're going to uh register it to ourselves. We're gonna use the post office as our public. You don't have to authenticate it, but you can use the post office as your public record. With that registered number. Yes. And the registered number would be used as an account. I, I didn't know UCC, but I use my bank as a secure party creditor. We, we have to use another entity. We don't use names here. We try to use mm-hmm. uh, some kind of banking or trust or something where our names are not in there. I know people do the ANC, and the ANC is a business. However, your name, I don't want no one knocking on my door asking me the name because you, you like you're in court again. Do I get my name as a surety or do I get my name as a business? Now you got the, mm-hmm. the dilemma knowing which one they're talking about, the, your business in the mm-hmm. ANC or the name of the straw man. That, and believe me, they're not going to choose the business. I can let you know that now. They're calling right. you by your – so why use that at all on public records? Okay. 
So what should you be using on public records, the UCC? Create a trust. Uh, uh, Get out of jail free trust. I'm putting a lien on you, MF. You know, name it what you want to name it, trust. Putting a lien on the MF. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We we just have to realize that we 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 can't. And this is why in Michigan, the majority of people here, I'm, I don't know more. They didn't they didn't get it. Some people here who do UCCs here in Michigan, no one got approved. No one got approved here in Michigan for as long as I, since 2008. Because I had mine done in mm-hmm. 2008 by a guy who is not only didn't give me a secure uh, a security agreement. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't really file it properly, uh, didn't give me a bond, didn't give me none of that stuff. But mm-hmm. they, they they accepted it anyway. But at the end of 2008, 2009, that was it. Nobody was getting approved at all because they kept doing names, sticking that Al Bay on the end of it. Like it's, you know, like it's throwing you in another jurisdiction. Right. It's right. all it's, it's all public. There's nothing on that UCC one saying the top part of the debtors are, you know, public, and the bottom part of the secure of the, the part, secure party creditor is is private. It's not that says that. There's no way on that document that has a separation of public and private on that one sheet of paper. So you could put L Bay whatever, but if your name is in front of it. But one of the ways, one of the numbers, uh, they got five reasons why they rejected. They tell you why it was rejected. Three of them don't make no sense. The fourth of them is saying how you can uh, file it against a public official if you have a security agreement with that public official. But the last one is that the the uh, uh, transmitting utilities and the secure party creditor is the same person. So that tells me right there. They're telling you right there on why they reject you. The transmitting utility is the debtor. The secure party credit is supposed to be your credit, creditor, but they say it's the same person. So that's the only thing that would be why they kept rejecting everybody. And these folks did not see it. I don't understand it, why y'all didn't get it. Because everybody is not at that level. Uh, you are, everybody are not brainiacs. I, no, it, it, no, Beverly, if they give you why they reject you, and they have to give you, there's five reasons okay. why they reject you. It seemed to me you just have to, you, since I got money for somebody, uh, they they paid me, that I would look at that rejection and figure out, well, which one of it did it fall under? That would be natural for you to do that if it got rejected and you collect somebody's money. It's only it only lists five reasons, and the first three was definitely not even in the ballpark. Okay. The fourth reason, uh, the fourth reason again, how to file against a public official, uh, uh, um, with a uh, you have to have a security agreement with that public official, and that which means like what security? Well, if I went down to the utility company and I signed my name on a contract, well, agreement with them so I can get utilities, isn't that a security agreement? Same like it. Yeah. So I don't put a lien on that CFO. I gave him a security agreement because he has a contract. If he sends me a bill, there must be nobody gonna send you a bill if you ain't got an agreement with them. Why would they send right. you a bill? 
Right. It, it has to be logical. I mean, I'm just saying, sometimes you got to go back to basic. Why would someone say I owe them something unless we have some kind of contract? Because if I had no contract, then what the, what, why would they come to me? Or as we see a lot of these third-party debt collectors that bought your debt for pennies or nothing, for, you know, on a penny to a dollar, pennies on a dollar, mm-hmm. and these numbers, mm-hmm. you don't have a contract with them. You don't have a contract with them. And how you know? One, because it says it, uh, this is an attempt to collect the debt. Two, they didn't give you a remedy. They didn't give you a coupon. So if they didn't give you a coupon, that means that they didn't take the funds out of your account in the first place. Right. So therefore, if they don't have an agreement with you and they don't have, they didn't take the money out, so you didn't get permission to take money out of your account, then they can't be trustees. And if they're not trustees, then they're trespassers. They're trespassing on your estate. And that's what the David Clarence letter is saying. You are trespassing on my estate. I did not appoint you as a trustee. Show me your authorization. They got to go away. They can't show no author. I didn't know. Oh, I got it from some. What do you mean? If I owe your mama money and your mama died, don't you? You can't come after me asking for something I owe your mama when she died. Go to that money. So, okay, just say uh, when, when uh, just say utilities or like uh, Ron Marks used to say, Sears and Robots. Just say that they send you that coupon. Uh, why don't you put the UCC with that coupon and send it back to them? Well, because a coupon, when they send you the coupon, they pass the debt to you as a trustee. They 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 they, okay. they took the liability off of themselves and passed it to you. Now you could give you have to accept it and give it back to them. That's your counterclaim. If if I um I have a car and I say I'm going to sell it for ten dollars. And you come back and say, "Oh no, no, no! I'm your, I, I'll give you five. Well, who who mm-hmm. has the upper hand, me or you? You have the upper hand because you gave me a counterclaim. Now I either accept it or the deal won't go fall through. Right? But you took control. You took control from them to me, coming from me mm-hmm. to you by by giving a counterclaim. Well, that's what you're doing. They they're giving you a bill and you just giving it back to them as a counterclaim. Well no, no. You the trustee. You discharge the debt. And that goes now back to the court case. case. What happened if they don't want to do that? Can you use a UCC then? No, well yeah, because automatically okay. if you got a public record of it, then automatically they they, they violated um uh, uh the equity trust. I mean, you you asking a question, and I have to ask you something. If you go to court mm-hmm. and you give them your name and they mm-hmm. made you trustee and told you to pay the bill, and you say, "Well, I ain't gonna do it," what's gonna happen to you? They gonna throw me in jail. Okay then. Well, why don't you think they're gonna do the same thing for them? They're the trustees. So you keep saying what they won't do, but the question is, if you no, can't do I'm it, what makes you do? I'm, I'm asking. I'm just asking, I'm looking at remedies. I'm just saying, you know, if you give them the coupon and they don't honor it, you, you know, and they send it back to you, can you then put a UCC and send it back to them with a 1099A? Or 
Yeah, well, you sent an A in the first time anyway. But the point is okay, that that's you can, the first time. if you have that's the first time anyway. Okay. Okay. If you ha- if you have a notary send it to them and say, I want a zero balance in ten days, that better be the only response they give you because a notary is over every private corporation in your state. Okay. And they're deputy secretary of state. Look at her position or his position. What are they? They're deputy secretary of state. They've been deputized by the secretary of state. They're also officers of the court. So in other mm-hmm. words, three notaries, the way I understand, three notaries can give a judgment. They can override a judge's decision. Three notaries can mm-hmm. override the judge's decision. I mean, they, they don't know the clout that they have, but they don't want to exercise. All they want to do is witness signature. But I'm saying, if you can't reject it, if you can't reject it as in a courtroom when they make you trustee, what makes you think that if you're making them trustee and you always making them because, one, you're not giving your name. My name is private. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you my name. In my hand is a birth certificate that you are trustees for. You're a trustee right now, so I'm telling you as executor of this birth certificate in my hand to discharge this debt. Pay it and give me all the overflow, all any access, pay it. Pay me for any access money that you have with all the bonds that you might have created and made money off of it. I mean, you just have to be blunt. Again, they violated, you put a lien on them. That's the UCC one putting a lien on them using the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three and Section Four, insurrection, treason. You you think they want that on their title and they could keep their judgeship and their oath and their bond? They got bonds too. Go to the county clerk and they'll show you the bond. All this is you're gonna to report to the bonding company when you file that UCC one on them. You think they're gonna to want to lose their job and their kids going to private colleges and schools and everything? And the wife getting going shopping at all these uh, Marcus Lehman stores or whatever these expensive stores are. You think they're going to jeopardize all that because of your couple of hundred dollars? You have to look at the effects okay. of a UCC1. And you're putting not only him, but you're also putting that corporation that he works for in there as a first debtor. You think they want their credit report or, the, or Dun & Bradstreet to be tarnished? So that their credit report would go down, their credit rating would go down, just because you wouldn't discharge, do your job as a trustee. And plus, you got consequences with them violating their oath of office. Now, who exactly you go for there? I don't know. Attorney General, I feel like if they violate their oath of office, that in itself is a, a, a crime. And their oath said that they have to go by whatever's constitutional. Constitutional is basically saying that they must take care of the people. Remember, the Constitution wasn't written for us. It was written for them to take care of us. The U.S. Constitution. We the people. We the people. How to take care of we the people. But also the U.S. citizen. It, it also spells out the U.S. citizen. How to take care of the U.S. citizen because there is a public debt out there not the public debt, a foreign debt that has to be paid to England. And they are like any other, we're under martial law. You have to take care of those inhabitants so that they will keep paying on the debt. It's enough on them and they stop paying, who suffers? Yeah. They don't want to suffer. England don't want to suffer. Yeah. They want they want your money. They, they want your cash. Money. 
They want their money. So you public officials better take care of them the way you're supposed to take care of them. So you got one or two people who, who knows how to do the deal. I know how to do redemption. So take care of that. Handle it. Because if you get them angry and they start telling more people and stuff and you go to you you know, you go to court, more people are going to go it's gonna be protesting like just like a lot of people protesting on this T D A and this birth certificate and social security card, all these people coming mm-hmm. out. Some deaths have yeah. not been reversed. You know, some people have not been reversed and the word is like wildfire going out. Yeah, they thought they could nip it out the bud with uh, Randy and mm-hmm. Heather and throw them in jail, but I think Randy mm-hmm. is out. I don't know if Heather's out yet, but okay. But all of that was basically not that they didn't do anything wrong. It's just that they wouldn't. They didn't maybe do it properly. Mm-hmm. But but what's his name again? He went and bought a truck. I mean, um, Hummer or whatever. He bought this truck. Remember, he, I, I know he did not use a line of credit and a check to do that truck. He got the money straight from them and went and bought that truck. Mm. That's what happens when that's you get no, money no. from That's a no-no. He should have had got a line of credit and have it, and then he should have even picked up the truck. Get your trustee to go pick up that truck. <laughs> that's what he said. Well, I'm a trustee. Here's the IRS saying I'm a trustee. I'm picking the truck up for Randy. What are they going to do? Rest mm-hmm. to the trustee? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Rich yeah. people don't go to, they don't go get their cars. They got attorneys. They got other folks to pick the car up. Go down there to the deal and get my car. Right. They, they, come on. We have to stop thinking like creditors and quit doing it. We got to start talking to these these tax people. We need to start talking to these notaries. Come on, y'all, y'all crying about money and here's something, a career in itself. Look for a career. Quit trying to find a job. Mm-hmm. Be a notary. And like Be you a say, notary. people don't realize the power that they have. When I was a notary, I didn't have a clue what kind of power that that position uh, was like I know now. Yeah. And from notary, you become the, a trustee. That's a, that's a great mm-hmm. combination, a notary and a trustee. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. When you walk into that court, they say they, they arrested one of your people in your trust, and you go to that to that court and say, excuse me, that's my property. Here's my notary ID. Here's my UCC uh, uh, statement that I own, I own that name that you're charging. And here's the... Uh, um, the IRS saying that I'm the trustee of this of the corporation that he's part of, of the trust that he's part of. You know, that's three IDs you have. Well, how are they going to argue? You got a larger, you got a greater lien than they got on the charges that he got in there for being charged, that he's being charged on. They better let let you go or they have to pay you because you got a UCC short and you got a higher lien. See, I think a person should have a UCC one. But that's when you got you should have at least three or four people in your trust as they call them settlers. When it's one is mm-hmm. grantor, when it's more than one, they call settlers, and have each one of them is going to file a separate UCC, making the trust with the trustee 
as the secure party creditor. So all the five in there will have a trustee that will be their secure party creditor. So that person is in charge of your straw man. So they're only arresting and charging the straw man and is under control by the trust, not corporations. Because they're all mm-hmm. private corporations. They don't have a larger lien than a UCC one. No one brings that into a courtroom. No one don't even know talk about trust in the courtroom. Although they're exercising a trust when they try to make you when they're making you the trustee. So you, it's like it's something happening on the private side, I guess you might call it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I'm giving people understanding of what. What we're trying to, what I want you to be able to recognize what's going on, whether you see it or not. We have to be like, you know, in English major, read between the lines, so that we can understand what's going on between the lines. So that's what they, that's how they're operating. They're not ever right. giving us full. We're not ever getting full that's, disclosure. Never. That's where the remedies is at in between the lines. Yes. Yes. Because they're hitting them. I mean, back in 1933, yeah. they might have been all open to the public and on the walls, on the, in the newspaper, all that stuff. But 1933 was a long, long time ago. And people who I know that lived through there wouldn't even know any remedies of what I'm talking about. And my grandmother was 102. Now, she can't hardly remember her name sometimes, but I know she, even when she was straight-minded, she, she didn't know anything about no pay. You could pay, get your debts paid off by the government. And she was born in 1915. She was born in 1915. So she would have been, what, 20 years old? Well, maybe not quite 18. And she was to, uh, uh, when they did that. So she, I don't know if they were teaching her in school at 18. She was graduating out of high school. Now, you know they wasn't teaching that to the commoners. You know, people probably didn't get this until they went into law school or they went into uh, working with the commodities and things like that that learned this. Yeah, but they were taking gold from the commoners. So they were, I wouldn't give up my gold unless they told me what's my remedy. I, I wouldn't be giving them anything. Said, Wait a minute, you want me to give up for what? What are you giving me? Oh, well, we're going to take care of all your debts. You don't have anymore. Didn't they come up with Social Security back then? Wasn't that during the time when they created Social Security or something? That that didn't come later, a few years later, 1935, okay. 1934, okay. I believe. The Social Security Act, I think it's 1934. That was a, It was after, in fact. But the... Uh, the fact that they pay your debt was, what, June the 5th of 1933, which, what, two months later? Wait a minute, May, June. May the 1st, June the 5th. So it was, uh, what, 31, 31 days later? Mm-hmm. Or 35 mm-hmm. days later, whatever. That now we're down question. to uh, five minutes, uh, Mr. Rice. Give, them, give the listeners your Skype uh, number and your email. Okay. Yeah, Skype being, uh, my Skype is Vice Tech, R-I-C-E-T-E-C-H, 6557. Vice Tech, 6557. My email is Rice Home, R-I-C-E-H-O-M-E, 
Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. That's Rice Home 12074 at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. And please, folks, you know, don't, questions that you, I mean, you're not getting, I'm not getting calls in. Y'all going to call me after we hang up and email me on questions that you should have been asking on this call because this call is free, Okay. Mm-hmm. All this mm-hmm. is for free. Don't argue if I start saying, uh, I ain't seen none at Western Union. Where's Where's my Western Union <laughs> donation? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My time, uh, you know, because I have to speak hours. People, I have conference calls scheduled two hours, and we speak six or seven hours. Now, that's, you know, I'm not saying that's right. bad, but come on, folks. You're getting so much information, and half the things you're receiving, even on this call. I understand you don't comprehend it all now. That is why it's recorded, okay? Right, right. Well, we do have a caller. Let's see. They're calling in at the last minute. 516-425. Hi, Ms. Beverly. Hi, Mr. Rice. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, I'm all right. I had a question about um, I'm working on the project soon, and I want to go into a piece of property, and I wanted to know what's the best way of, of getting that property and making it tax exempt from, um, you know, the school taxes and property taxes and all of that. And I wanted to go in and, and purchase it with a trust somehow. So I was just wondering if you can, you know, say a few things on that. Well, the, the, to get the property, I mean, it has to come from somebody over to you, first of all. Now, yeah. if, if uh, are you you purchasing a house or something like that or a building or what? Yes, it's a small house and um, a, a couple of acres of land. Okay. Uh, and the owner, you know who the owner is? Yes. Well, Do I don't you... know them, no. I don't know them like that, no. no. Okay, well, you, you might need to know who the owner of the property is. They're working through some real estate company by all chances, but the real estate is making offers that the homeowner don't care about, such as uh, inspections and all that. They, they, they just want to sell the property in the house. But the question I have is, do, have you had a line of credit approval already on that? On what um, credit they would give you? No. That's, that would be the first thing I would do. I would ask, I'd go to the bank and see how much credit they're willing, because, you know, unless you got unless you got the cash, you, you think you got the cash to pay for the house? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, um. Personally, I wouldn't work that work it that way because you don't want to come out. Of, you know, there's an old saying: OPM, other people money, you yep. somebody else's money. Go get a line of credit. See if you can get not a line of credit. Get uh, what they call a prepaid uh, approval for a certain okay. amount of money. If this person wants to sell it for that amount of for that amount, you already prepaid, then you know the bank is going to give you the money for whatever the office or the house is. But mm. if you know the owner. And then I'm going to tell you how millionaires work. They actually say, I want you to refinance your property and your house, refinance that, and get the money. And usually maybe about 80%, 90% they can refinance it. And when they get that money, it's tax-exempt. Tax-exempt. So anything mm-hmm. you get when you get the equity from your off your property and refinance is tax-exempt. Now, and that's usually like 80% they're going to get. You'll probably find that 
it will bring down whatever you're prepaid because you already was going to pay the maximum of the house. But if you knock off 10% of whatever it is that they got prepaid and use that to pay off this loan, you not you get the house cheaper than what he was going to first offer. He also doesn't have to pay any taxes because if he has sold it to you and got a profit off of it, he automatically has to pay like 35% in taxes which means if it was at 100%, that means he's going to have to wind up getting 65% of it. But by refinancing, he got 80% out or 90% out, whatever he's refinancing. You don't have to pay 100 but you only have to pay 90%. So you'll be able to go to that bank and say, hey, I could knock off a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand dollars off of it because he's not selling it for that amount of money because he's got mm-hmm. enough money that's going to make him taxably. He's, 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 he's going to be making... Uh, 25% more off of taxes by doing that refinancing. I'm just letting you know what rich people do. Yeah. They tell refinancing because nobody wants to pay taxes. Why you want to get a 35% plus on selling your house and the profit you made from it? Because there's always going to be profit you're going to make from it. That's taxable. But if you refinance it, it's not taxed. It's not taxable. And you're just paying off its loan. You're taking you're taking the money that the bank was going to give you for 100% of it, and you might get 80% of it or 90% of it, and not less than what the bank was going to give you, and you just paying his loan off. Now, his loan paid off. You got a couple of uh, $10,000 savings your own self. You understand? <laughs> All well, right, so what uh, about when it comes to the property taxes? You transfer it to the transfer it with a, a sale. It under the Seventh Amendment, anything over twenty dollars is got to go to common law jury with a common law court. Common law means dead people can't come. They can't come into common law. They okay. dead. They can't come into common law. So you would you would sell it for twenty one gold silver to a trust. Your trust. So that means it's going from the left hand to the right hand. And that trust does not file it. The only reason people pay property taxes is because they file it in the register of deed. Rich folks don't have their properties in the register of deed. So if it's not filed in the register of deed, they can't charge you taxes or nothing. But they're going to give you, because you're living in there, you're going to get a lease agreement. And also you're going to get a receipt showing that you sold it for 21 silver pieces and have it notarized as a witness that you saw the exchange go from the left hand to the right hand. No one else knows that. And oh. you're just dealing, you are just dealing with the nama, the trustee. So you're going to have a trustee in your trust that is not related to you at all. Maybe a notary that you made into a trustee, but that's the only name they're going to see is the trustee name and your name. And a trustee is the one that goes to the assessor's to tell them that they got the property in in a private trust. And Michigan got a form called uh, MC-2766, MCMI, I'm sorry, MI, Michigan Form 2766, where the assessors have to be notified uh, a deal within 45 days, otherwise you got to pay $200 of a property being transferred. Nobody knows about this. Because nobody has ever transferred their house into to themselves. They still got a warranty deed with the seller's yeah. name on there and not the buyer's name. Oh. Okay, um, Carla, oh. you can uh, guide okay. the right. All right, thank, thank you. you for the call. Have a good night. Yeah.
But that's a good question because there might be people out there looking to get a house. Find out who the owner is. Believe me, he want to save his taxes. Cut out the middleman. You don't need the real estate company. They only charging you for things that the owner don't give a damn about inspection and all that. I mean, you know, you look at the house. You can have it inspected your own self, but you know, save save them taxes and save you and you get it for a lot less than you was originally offered. You save yourself ten thousand dollars. The bank is gonna love you. Especially if they were going to pre-approve you for the higher amount anyway. And you walk in and say, well, we can knock off $15,000 off of that. They're going to love you. Well, Mr. Rice, as always, we definitely appreciate you for taking your time and uh, giving us this valuable information. So it's going to be up to us to do what we uh, to do something with it. But you definitely have given it to us. And as always, uh, I appreciate you taking your time to come and join mm-hmm. us every Sunday. Yeah. And I meant to ask, and I didn't tell the guy, though, if he got the money, once he got the house, he could just pay it off. He already got the money he was going to pay in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's even better. Well, yes. Well, thank you. Uh, peace and much, All much right. love. Okay, and I want to uh, give my condolence out again to the family of Dick Gregory. So peace and much love. Join me again tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I will have uh, Kalente IE with me, and he's going to be talking about the magical mushrooms. And so peace and much, much love. Let's start with hope I threw it in the middle like a skipping stone A ripple's one, son of a gun Some would not have thought so But I stand here, commander-in-chief And I take that seriously But along the way A rogue ripple turned tidal Reaction to what I tried to do A rebirth of a nation's hatred Red, white, and blue Is black in there too Seriously One man Rewriting the book on Bad behavior Maybe cheats the neighbors Feels he gets what they pay for Weekend Pat him on the back and send him on through. No man's ignorance will ever be his virtue. Is this the best we can be? Seriously. Let's talk of fear and why I don't bring it in here. It's a dangerous word. Books to herd and we all bleed in the stampede. Fear makes a false friend indeed. And I take it seriously. Oh, hear me now. For the truth gets drowned out by a demigod flexing. A demigod flexing. history repeating. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.